Merry Christmas Eve, church. It's good to see you here this evening, and I want to share, you, you're allowed to sit down. I did actually say that. <laughs> you can stand if you want, like if you want to give me a standing ovation throughout the entire. <laughs> okay, so I want, to, I want to share a Christmas Eve story with you tonight, and uh, I want to talk about the subject of dealing with the ghosts of Christmas. Dealing with the ghosts of Christmas. Now, this has never really been my personal experience, but I know that a lot of people, I've certainly heard people saying over the years, and I've seen people posting things on social media, that for a lot of people, Christmas can actually be a very difficult time of year for them because it brings to mind all of the issues, all of the problems, maybe breakdowns in the family or people that are, are, have now passed away or all kinds of things that in the busyness of the year, you don't give yourself time to think about. But then when we get to Christmas and everyone is thinking about family and about what you're doing for Christmas and it brings back memories of previous Christmases, some people really struggle with Christmas. Uh, they want to find joy in it. They want to find happiness in it. But there are too many other issues in their life, in their world, that are somehow brought to the fore at Christmas time, that it can make it difficult to deal with the, the joy, the happiness, the goodwill towards men, and all of that kind of stuff that everybody else seems to be talking about. Um, sometimes our ghosts can haunt us at Christmas time. I'm not talking about real ghosts, I'm talking about the things in our life that we would rather not think about and rather not deal, deal with. And of course, this idea of Christmas ghosts, you know, it comes from a very famous story written by Lewis Carroll called A Christmas Carol. And uh, I'm sure you know the story of Scrooge. I'm sure you've seen one of the versions of it. Maybe this one with Jim Carrey. Maybe the Muppet movie. Uh, there's all kinds of different versions of the, of the Christmas Carol story. You know, Christmas is a time that has inspired many stories. You know, there is the Christmas story, but there are lots and lots and lots of stories written about Christmas. I'm sure, I'm sure in some channel, somewhere tonight, it's a wonderful life will be on, that old black and white movie. And there are lots of stories that have been inspired by the Christmas story. But this is probably one of the most famous. And you know what the story is about? The story is about this guy, Scrooge. Scrooge is a miserable, unhappy, unlovable, unloving human being. He has lots of money. You would think he has everything that he could possibly want, yet he is unhappy in himself. He's unhappy in life. He's unhappy with everything that's going on in his life. 
He's unhappy about people being happy. He is completely miserable and he, he dislikes human beings and he especially dislikes Christmas. And everybody just thinks of him as a miserable old miser. That's all he is to the general public. No one really wonders how he got the way he was. Maybe he just always was that way. And so this is a story. This is how the story begins. It begins with Scrooge being unkind to people, being unhappy, trying to spread unhappiness wherever he goes. And then on Christmas Eve, he is visited by three ghosts. The first ghost that he is visited by is the ghost of Christmas past. And in the Jim Carrey movie, it's a little candle. In some movies, it's a little child. I'm not sure what it is in the book, but this specter, this spirit, this ghost appears to him and says, I am the ghost of Christmas past and begins to take him into the past to see his former Christmases. And that is where we find out how Scrooge became a miserable, unhappy, unlikable, nasty person. We discover that he wasn't always like that, but things had happened in his past. Now, you know, that's the story of all of us. If nothing bad has happened in your past, you're still too young. Hold on a few years. I promise you it will come. It's coming, right? Maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, something bad is coming your way. It comes to everybody in life. And even those of us who are Christians, who have put our faith in Christ, who believe that God's blessings are over our life, God never promises us that we won't have problems. He simply promises to be with us and strengthen us and uphold us through our problems. God doesn't say you won't go through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. So everyone is going to face difficulties in life. Things have happened in your past or give it a few years and you will be able to say, there are things in my past that have shaped my life, shaped my decisions, even shaped my personality and my character, and not for the better. And so all of us know that we have unresolved issues in our past. And throughout the year, we manage to make ourselves busy enough not to think about them. But at Christmas time, usually in this environment, that's when things from our past and memories from our past come back. You're writing a Christmas card. You receive a Christmas card from someone. It sparks off a memory. And all of a sudden, your ghosts from your past begin to come back and haunt you, so to speak. And so what are you going to do with those things? What Scrooge discovered was the times that he had been hurt, 
the times he had been neglected, the times he had been abused, the terrible things that had happened to him in his childhood, because he didn't deal with them, because he buried them, because he forgot about them, they began to make him bitter. You know, there's an old saying, you can either let things make you bitter or you can let them make you better. But you will only let them make you better if you deal with those unresolved issues in your life. If you have busied yourself throughout the year and you've managed to not think about the things that may have brought unhappiness to you, but now they're all coming rushing in over this Christmas season, maybe that's a sign to you that now is the time to deal with them. Because if, if you don't deal with your, the ghosts of your past, they'll come and deal with you right when you don't want them to. Here's what the Bible says about that in the book of Proverbs. It says, guard your heart above all else, your heart, your emotions, your personality, your spirit, the core of your being. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. When Scrooge was a young boy, when he was a child, he was neglected, he was mistreated, he was even abused, he was in a, an unpleasant and unhappy situation, and as he grew older, he even lost the woman he loved, and all kinds of unhappy things happened to him, and rather than deal with them, he became bitter in his heart, and his bitterness now determined the course of the rest of his life. If you have got ghosts of the past that are bothering you, that are affecting you, if you have unresolved issues, I know Christmas, you don't want to think about them, but this is the time that they come rushing in. Maybe it would be a good idea to go into 2022 with those things resolved so that your heart is not filled with pain or trouble or upset or bitterness, but rather it's filled with faith, hope for the future, joy, excitement, exhilaration, and that will chart a new course for your life. Don't leave the ghost of Christmas past undealt with, or he might come visiting you deal with your unresolved issues this Christmas. The second ghost that appears to him is the ghost of Christmas present. And in all the movies, it must come from the book, but in all the movies, he kind of looks a little bit like Santa Claus or something like that. When I was a kid, I thought it was the ghost of Christmas present, a Christmas present, you know. But the ghost of Christmas present and what we see uh, when we look at the ghost of Christmas present in the story is we see Scrooge is complaining about the present, he's miserable about the present, he's unhappy about all kinds of trivial things like people singing carols outside his window or something like that. Things that would have brought joy to someone else bring irritation to him. Little things that shouldn't bother anybody. 
But I want to tell you what I did this morning over my coffee. I scrolled through social media. And it seems that lots of people have lots of trivial, pathetic little things to complain about on Christmas Eve, and every single one of them is a first world problem. Really, every single one is. There are people tonight on Christmas Eve starving to death someplace in the world, you know? And we complain about everything. And in what the ghost of Christmas present does, the ghost of Christmas past showed Scrooge his past and how he became the person he was. But the ghost of Christmas present showed him what was happening right now on Christmas Eve in the lives of the other people in Scrooge's world, his employees, his nephew and his family, and so on. And all of a sudden, he got a glimpse of how the, the things he was complaining about were nothing. And the struggles that other people were going through, they weren't even complaining about it. They were finding joy. They were finding something positive. They were finding something to be grateful for in the midst of their struggles, whereas he had everything he could want and found no joy, found no pleasure, found no happiness. You know, there's a, there was a St. Augustine back thousands of years ago, almost 2,000 years ago, said this, that our souls, O Lord, were made for thee, and they shall never find rest until they find it in you yourself. Christmas is not about material things. We share material gifts. We eat a material feast and all of that as an outward symbol of joy and celebration and gratitude and thanksgiving for something that is far, far more powerful and better. And that is having peace with God in our hearts because Christmas is about when God bridged the gap between heaven and earth by sending his son Jesus. So Scrooge sees all the other people who have much less than him and yet are grateful and happy and thankful, and he sees his own miserable and unhappy condition. You know, this Christmas season, I mean, we have had a strange couple of years, really, haven't we? You know, what a strange couple of years we've had and how it seems to just drain the joy out of everything in life. And if it doesn't do it for you, there are plenty of people in Safeway that will drain the joy out of your life. I'm telling you, just pull your mask down for half a second to do a screen face thing. Karen is in the next aisle waiting for you, I promise you. Okay, sorry to the people who are actually called Karen, okay? But, <laughs> so there are lots of people in the present who will suck the joy out of life, and there are lots of other people who have next to nothing, and yet they're able to find gratitude and thanksgiving and joy in their life. And so, 
Um, if you are one of the miserable people, it's time to make a change. If you're unhappy with your own unhappiness, it's time to make a change this Christmas. Here's what the Bible says. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell upon the past. You see, this is a balance. In the last one I said, don't ignore the past, deal with it. But once you've dealt with it, move on from it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I, this is God speaking, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Maybe your life has felt spiritually or emotionally or relationally, relationally dry like a desert. Maybe you feel like your life has been like a wasteland. You can have faith that if you will deal with your past and then move on from it and have faith in God for a better future, God will do a new thing in your life. Then the third ghost comes, and that is the ghost of Christmas future, who always looks like the grim reaper. And the ghost of Christmas future, when he appears, Scrooge says something very, very interesting. He says, I fear you more than the last two ghosts. And that is so very true. Lots of people have unhappy memories of their past or are struggling in the present, but the greatest fear that most people have is fear of the future. Many people can't even make decisions in life because they're scared they might make the wrong decision and it might affect their future. Fear of the future is a huge thing. And there is something in our future that people generally fear because it's not something that might happen to you. It's something that will happen to you. Do you want to know what it is? You're all gonna die, okay? You're all gonna die. And so, and in Scrooge, what happens when the ghost of Christmas future comes to him, he shows his future where Scrooge dies and hardly anyone or nobody turns up to his funeral and anybody that's there doesn't have anything nice to say about him. And then it gets even more scary. The next thing, the trap door, and he's, he goes and he sees flames and he realizes death is not the end. Something comes after it. Like the Bible says, it is appointed unto mankind to die once but then to face the judgment. And he sees death and even hell in his future. And he's shocked by this and he's sorry about his life and he says he will change his ways and he repents and he is impacted by this powerful experience that he has on Christmas Eve. And by Christmas Day, Scrooge has become a new man. He's become a changed man, a happy man, a faith-filled man, a generous and kind man. He's been converted. He's gone from darkness to light. He's gone from rejecting God and rejecting humanity to loving the Lord and loving his neighbor as himself. He's a changed person. 
And that is what Christmas is all about. That is what the Christmas story is all about. The Christmas story is all about the story of a Savior coming. It's all about the story of how people who were miserable, unhappy sinners living a, a, a lifestyle that it brings destruction and disaster to them and everyone around them can be changed. God's rescue plan to, can change even the most miserable of sinners like Scrooge or like you and me can change us. And so the question this Christmas becomes, have you received this gift of Christmas? Have you received the gift that God has that can change you? Because I said there's something in our future that we'll all have to face, but it's because of our past and our present. Earlier on, I said, we need to deal with our unresolved issues in the past, but there's some unresolved issues that you cannot deal with, that you can't do anything about. We have all sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. And since none of us is a savior, none of us can save ourselves or other people from their sins. We can't do anything about the sins of our past. And one day in our future, when we see God face to face and give an account for this life, we will not have been able to have dealt with the things that we have failed at and done wrong in our life. But that's what the Christmas story is all about. That's what the story of Jesus and the manger and the shepherds and the angels, that is what that is all about. It is about the chance of a new beginning. Um, John 3.16, here's what the Bible says. It's a very famous verse of Scripture. I'm sure many of you know it, but I want you to think of it in the context of Christmas now. It says here, God so loved the world that he gave. The very first Christmas gift was given by God, and it was given to us. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. There's no need to fear the future. If anything has become really, really apparent over the past two years, it's how many people fear their own mortality. When all this stuff started a couple of years ago, I went to Canadian Tire, and the only checkouts that were available were the self-service one. But to get to that self-service checkout, I had to walk past this self-service checkout. And there was a man that I guess had three masks and 14 pairs of gloves or something on. I mean, like he was taking this seriously, right? So I had to walk past him. So I, I went to, this was like, this was like in the new year. I was expecting people to say happy new year to me. Well, I won't tell you what the man said as I shuffled past him. It's not appropriate for church or for pastors or for Christmas Eve. But let, I realized 
that a human being could suddenly be in terror of eternal damnation because somebody else shuffled past them. Because if you do not know what the future holds in store for you, you will have uncertainty, you will have fear. But if you know that God loved you so much that he gave the first Christmas gift, he gave his one and only son. So the only thing you need to do is believe in order to receive. That if you believe in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you know that Jesus was God's only begotten son? But he's no longer God's only begotten son. God has millions and millions and millions of sons and daughters now because anyone who believes in Jesus will be given the right to become a child of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. That Savior that was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger can be born in our hearts and lives today. The light of the world who was born that first Christmas to bring the light of God's love to all mankind, that light can come in to our lives today. All we have to do is swing wide the doors of our heart. We sang it away at the very beginning of the service we sang about how hearts open up like flowers to the sun. If you will just open up your heart, if you will just open up your life, if you will put away that, that misery, that, uh, that, that um, Scrooge-likeness, cynicism and skepticism and crankiness, just put it all aside, just for a few minutes, and just say, I want to receive God's gift, His gift of forgiveness, his gift of peace, his gift of everlasting life. I want God to deal with the unresolved issues in my past. I want God to give me a purpose for life right here and right now in the present. And I want peace in my heart for the future that when my time comes and I draw my final breath, I know I will be welcomed by, with open arms by heaven and by my Savior, Jesus Christ. And to get rid, to banish all these ghosts once and for all, to banish all these fears and doubts once and for all, that is what Christmas is all about. I, I, I want you to notice that there are some candles in the table in front of you there. And I want you to take one candle in your hand each. And once you've got one, let's all stand together. I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come back again.
And when you have your candle, you, there, there is a lit candle on the table. <laughs> so if you just light your candles off the, off the candle and the little table in front of you, if someone's blown that out, the people in the row behind you will oblige, I'm sure. And these candles are symbolizing the light of Christ coming into our hearts, our lives, our homes, our families, our community here in this church. So we're going to say a prayer together. And after this prayer, we're going to sing two more Christmas carols with our candles held high. So let's have a look at the prayer. I'm going to just, I want to just talk you through it first. I want you to know what you're praying. We're going to pray to God, acknowledging that we are all sinners. We all have unresolved stuff in our life. And we need a savior. We need God to come and deal with the stuff in our life. We're going to pray and put our faith in Christ, receive his gift of forgiveness, his gift of everlasting life, and we're going to ask God to empower us to live the life he wants us to live. That's basically what this prayer says. So I want you to look at the screen. We're going to pray with our eyes open because we're reading the screen. And we're going to, the symbol of lighting the candles, we're going to believe that as we pray this prayer, God's presence is going to light our hearts with faith and with hope for the future. Let's say it together after three. One, two, three. Father God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. I receive the greatest gift of all, forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Help me to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Transform me into the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's hold our candles up high as the band leaders in worship.